All right. Switch hats. A lot of hats this morning. I thank you for being here. Um, this morning, I have the awesome, awesome, awesome ple- pleasure of introducing my good friend, Aiden. I uh, put the Aiden's bio on our newsletter and website. So I thought I'd introduce Aiden like we did this morning. What are those adjectives that you would use to describe your friend? So my adjectives I'd describe Aiden would be Aiden is so brave, so courageous. Aiden, I think you're compassionate and passionate. You're super creative, um, super wise. I think you're my favorite mystic and you're a deep thinker. And beyond that, you're a good friend. Um, I think what I like most about Aiden is his ability to look for and listen to the heart of God and be led and move and be transformed by the heart of God. So those might sound weird that I just named that, but we do that often. We say how we see God in each other often. And that's, uh, what I see in you. So welcome, Aiden, as you share with us. Oh, give me a hug. Oh, sorry. Wow, that was like worth coming here just to hear that. Thank you. And that made my day. So you're like God, you made my day. All right, I'm going to put this over here. Right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be with all of you. I've heard wonderful things about this community. So um, yeah, really, really honored and happy to be here. And today I'm going to share with you my journey as a trans man and discovering God's love and affirmation uh, of who I am. So this is a photo of me as a happy little kid, you can see right there, uh, free of the pressures of society telling me who I should or shouldn't be. And my first sentence as a two-year-old was, I'm a boy. And I wanted to make that statement a reality for the last four decades. And I finally decided to be true to that little kid in the photo just last year. So back in October, I started taking testosterone and I've been going through a second puberty and uh, I want to give a special shout out to like folks like Isaac and my friends who have really helped me through the last nine months of being an impulsive teenager. Um, And I have to say it's all part of the process, but it's been a hard one, but a good one. But um, yeah, going through puberty in my forties is, is definitely an experience. And um, The reason why I finally decided to move forward with gender confirming treatment uh, is because um, back in March 2020, someone asked me if I were on my deathbed today, um, what would be one regret that I have in my life? And immediately I knew without even thinking about it that I wanted to be on the outside um, who I know myself to be on the inside. And that's what started this like domino effect back in March, 2020. Like, I do not want to be on my deathbed and regret that I didn't move forward with um, gender confirming treatment. So around this time, I also watched an interview uh, with Oprah, Elliot Page's interview with Oprah. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. It's so insightful, but everything Elliot said resonated with me. 
I remember when he specifically said that um, he was over at a friend's house and they didn't have a swimsuit for him. And so he put on his friend's like swim trunks and he just felt like himself. And I remember that growing up, like I hated the swimsuits they would, my parents would put on me, but I loved putting on swim trunks. And that's when I knew that I can no longer deny the truth of who I am, despite the opposition and, re and rejection I might face by publicly identifying with one of the most marginalized, group, marginalized groups in society, which is POC and trans. And it also helped, what encouraged me was that um, friends would send me quotes uh, about how God isn't just tolerating me being trans, um, but also celebrates, actually celebrates that I am co-creating with God as a trans person. And so this is one of the quotes that really resonated with me. My friend Charlotte sent, it says, I read somewhere that God made me, God made trans people for the same reason that God made wheat, uh, but not bread and grapes and not wine so that humanity might share in the act of creation. And they called it the divine alchemy of the self. And I think that's a beautiful perspective. Another quote that I received recently from um, my friend Cher is, remember to be trans is one of the most spiritual things one can ever be in and of itself, even should you never pray. We are the rare people that caught a glimpse of God being itself as us, dancing around as us. And when we begin to move toward that vision that is divine, that is creation. And that's by Reverend Valerie Spencer. So, I had a lot of support, but um, I also had a lot of opposition. Despite knowing in my heart that this is who I am and having some supportive friends and family, uh, coming to accept my gender identity was not without a ton of angst. I spent almost a year vacillating daily um, because some of the people who were closest to me were telling me that, um, they weren't okay with me being trans. Um, and it's especially like my Christian friends and even actually some of my queer friends. Um, and even though they didn't even know me very well, they would, they would make it clear to me that it's not okay for me to move forward with gender confirming treatment. And in general, I felt a lot of pressure from the world that kept trying to convince me to hate myself, not believe myself and change myself to be somebody I'm not. And that's what I felt for the past 40 years of my life. Like, no, this isn't, this isn't real. This isn't true. You know, there must be some, you know, childhood trauma or something that happened to you that makes you this way. But I know who I really am. And I know as a two-year-old, you don't, it's, it's not, you know, like, why would I, what motivation would I have to say like, I'm a boy. And despite what people might believe about trans people uh, negatively, we're not here to try to make a point. We're not trying to be difficult by asking for bathroom rights or make other people uncomfortable. That's actually so far from my intentions, my true intentions and heart, because I actually really don't like making people feel uncomfortable. And I tend to put myself on the back burner for others, which is why I put off transitioning until my 40s, because I was so... I was a people pleaser and I am though now very interested in being true to myself, the me that I've known my entire life. 
And, you know, one thing that I observed in this whole journey is that it's, it's quite strange that people who have known me only a portion of my life are telling me this isn't who I really am. Um, I'm the only one who's been in this body my entire life. So I know God and I know me better than anyone. And, and that's why I want to encourage you all that no one else has the right to tell you they know you better than, they, uh, than you know yourself and that your experience is invalid and real. It, it, it applies beyond just trans folks. Like everyone, I want to validate to you that you know yourself and, and there is so much joy when you actualize who you know yourself to be. This is me throughout the past 40 years. And you can see these photos. I mean, and it's pretty clear you can see the theme of who I am you know, especially in my gender identity. And yet, when I told some people about that I was considering gender-confirming treatment, they would gaslight me saying, I know it's best for you because I love and know the real you. And I internalized that for months. You know, Jeannie was really there for me to be like, a, uh, help me process all this because I would get people that were my, my closest friends saying, like, this isn't the real you. And so I was in the cloud of confusion for months, seeking advice from different friends, family members, trans folks, experts, and leaders. And I finally talked to my pastor at Oak Life, uh, Chris Scott, and he asked me, have you considered going on a silent retreat to get more clarity from God? And I thought, wow, what a concept, right? Like, hear from the one who knows me and made me before I even knew me. And I want to give, you know, my pastor Chris a shout out on giving the advice giving role to God instead of like leaders, you know, because I, as great as leaders are, I think the, the, the greatest job they can do is point you to, to really connect with God for yourself. And he told me about New Camaldoli Her Hermitage. It's a Catholic silent retreat center in Big Sur. And when I met with him, it was a Monday night. And I immediately, like after we talked, went online and I was able to find um, two nights available that Friday and Saturday night, which was surprising because he told me like, it's not like you're probably going to need to book it months in advance. And I did check and literally there's no openings for the next four weeks. So I was like, okay, that's a sign from God that I'm supposed to do this. And I was scared, frankly, I'm not Catholic. I'm queer, I'm trans, I'm a POC. And I indicated this all in my reservation and said, hey, if you don't want me at your retreat center, all good, but this is who I am. Um, and they welcomed me with open arms, thankfully. And I was also very desperate. I wanted big answers to these big questions around my gender identity. Should I move forward? This is a permanent you know, decision. And um, thankfully it all worked out. I went there, here are some photos from that retreat center so you get the vibe of where I was it was absolutely gorgeous like mountains and valleys everywhere so the very first night I was there God spoke to me really clearly uh, during the evening group meditation in the sanctuary and this is what I heard God say to me you're my son in whom I am well pleased and I trust you and I've raised you in my ways and you've come of age and you can trust what I've instilled in you and move forward with the desires of your heart, knowing my ways, my spirit, and my heart are within you and guiding you. 
You don't need to look to others for answers. I'm within you and you have the answers and solutions within you and they will be revealed when you need them. The short version of what God spoke to me, I would say is in Glennon Doyle's book, uh, Untamed, which is you can trust and listen to your knower. Like all of us have a knower inside of us and we can trust and listen to that, that voice, that knower. And I knew it was God because the moment I heard this, it was just, there's so much peace um, and conviction. And I just immediately started crying because I just, it, it resonated with the depths of my being. Basically, God trusts, was saying, I trust that you look, act, think, and speak like me, and you can co-create with me and not just be a mindless sheep taking orders. Like I'm, that's not what God wants for us. Uh, we get to turn grapes into wine with God. My friend Charlotte uh, put it this way. In Psalm 23, you start as a shepherd, right? And it's Psalm 23, as a, a, sh- a sheep following a shepherd. And it says, you lie down in green pastures, right? Then Psalm 23 ends with you becoming an honored heir uh, in the king's palace, right? It says, that God sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So, you know, what you see in this like journey is that good parents work themselves out of a job. Initially, they do give you clear instructions, right? Do's and don'ts. Um, as Whip put it, right? God's a little strict. And, and then, and God's instilling in us through that little strictness, like, God's values, wisdom, character, and teachings into us. But then when we become an adult, right, that's when God, a good parent, says, go forth, I, I, go forth, I trust you. I trust that you know who I am and how I am and that you'll live according to my ways. That night after I heard God speak, I journaled everything I'd like to see happen in my life, including my gender identity. And I dream big. I put together a three-year plan of all of these steps I'd like to take toward fulfilling what I desire in every area of my life, like major area, like work, family, romantic partner. And I felt so much joy, life, and pleasure as I journaled my dreams, not waiting for God to tell me what to do, but for me to get in touch with my own heart and say, this is what I want to do, and believing that God will support me in those dreams. As Howard Thurman put it, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. It's not selfish to do what makes you come alive. It's actually the most unselfish thing you can do. It's the greatest gift we can give the world. Uh, Deepak Chopra puts it this way. You give to the world your greatest gift when you're being yourself. I felt a lot of inner resistance to what I was feeling like God was speaking to me because I grew up in the church and the Christianity I grew up with taught me to not trust myself with verses like the heart is deceitful above all things. I'm sure you've heard that one before. Though, according to Proverbs 4.23, our heart is the source of life, right? Guard your heart above all for is the source of life. So how can the heart be deceitful? and good, right? The source of life. Well, according to my pastor friend, Tom Emanuel, he, he says that Jeremiah 17, 9 
actually means that verse heart is deceitful above all things. That in context, the book of Jeremiah is all about idolatry. So the way he interpreted it is your heart and your desire and your gut is not intrinsically corrupt. But our ability to listen to our hearts can be corrupted by systems that teach us to trust in idols like wealth and power and not in the God who speaks in and to our bodies. So basically, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things, is talking about misdirected desires for wealth and power indoctrinated, indoctrinated into us from corrupt social structures that are wicked. I believe that our hearts are originally and intrinsically good because we're made in the image of God like Jeannie just taught this morning, which is so cool because we didn't plan, you know, the connection, but God's like that. And God declared his creation very good when he made us, according to Genesis 131. Being on that mountain in silence with God, I was, I was reminded that Jesus himself told us we have but one father and one teacher, and that is God. It says in Matthew 28, 8 through 10, but as for you, do not be called rabbi, for only one is your teacher, and you're all brothers and sisters. Do not call anyone on earth your father, your only one, for only one is your father, and he is in heaven. And do not be called leaders, for only one is your leader, and that is Christ. And what I realized, it's great that I sought answers from all these people, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I was looking for others to give me answers when I had them inside me all along because God's inside of me. Another verse that confirms this is Hebrews 8, 10 through 11. It puts it that uh, it's talking about the new covenant that we are all in because of Jesus, our high priest. And this new covenant, which God has made with all of us, is that God says, I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach each other, their neighbors, nor will they have to teach their relatives um, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. It's again what God spoke to me that first night. God's inside of us. Therefore, we have the answers within us. And I'm not saying that it's not good to seek counsel and wisdom from others, but ultimately the knower, you need to trust that knower and that teacher inside of you. Um, what I've seen in my life is that when I listen to God for myself, I will get confirmation along the way from friends and family or, you know, people around me, but ultimately, right. We need to hear for God, for, from God for ourselves. And the cool thing about God is that if we ask for answers, God will give us answers. There's a verse that Jesus said, if you ask for um, fish, will God give you a stone? No, like God is a good father who loves to give good gifts to their children. So you can trust that if you are seeking wisdom about something and you ask, God will speak to you. Have you, um, 
Have you all heard about the fruit of the Spirit? Do you know about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians? So one that I used to get hung up on is um, the, the one self-control, right? The biblical meaning. What is the fruit of self-control? I don't know if you're familiar. I'm going to try to recite them from Bible, Bible school. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Self-control. What is that? What does that mean? Go ahead. And if you want to shout out what you think self-control means. Anybody? Restraint? Yes, that's what I thought too. Balance. Okay. Anybody else want to shout out what you think self-control means? Not throwing a fit. Okay. Yes, right? All of these are how we were raised to think about self-control, being more disciplined, saying no to more things, right? But my friend Charlotte, she looked up the biblical meaning of the word self-control from Galatians, and it actually means self-governing. It means you are empowered to be an authority over yourself and your life. And you are able to rule and reign over yourself and your life. And it sounds a lot like what God spoke to me that first night about me being their son who's empowered to take ownership over my life and not wait for permission, approval, or green lights from others, but to trust God within me. And this is the maturity that God is wanting for us as his children. This is what all the creation is waiting for. There's a verse in Romans 8, 19, for all creation is eagerly waiting for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Who are God's children? Well, we are meant to be empowered, mature heirs of God who act, look, think, and feel just like their parent because you've learned their ways. You become what you believe. So believe what God says about us, and God says that we are God's beloved children. Trust the goodness that God has placed in each and every one of of us. And my hope is that when people look at us, they say, wow, they look just like their parents. So what I just shared with you is what God was speaking to me over the three-day retreat that I did at New Kamadoli. And I felt so much confidence and empowerment and peace until the final day. That Sunday morning, you know, that whole three days I spent mostly by myself and um, everybody who was attending the retreat center, we all had to be um, in silence. So it's not like I had much social interaction. But then Sunday morning, all these people came up the mountain, um, very nicely dressed, who weren't there for a silent retreat or weren't monks, but they were there for Sunday mass. And I was quite intimidated by them because, A, they were really dressed up and they didn't look like me, okay? And frankly, I didn't think that they would feel comfortable around this casually dressed queer trans POC person. So I stood outside the sanctuary and I hemmed and hawed about going inside for Sunday Mass. Especially because I wasn't Catholic. I had no idea how these services worked. Um, And I hung outside watching this hummingbird like hover in front of my face. And I said, okay, God, here's the deal. When the hummingbird goes away, I might go inside. And of course, right at 10 a.m. when the service started or the mass started, the hummingbird flew away. There was no bell or anything. It just flew away right at 10 a.m. And I was like, got it. Okay. So I went inside and immediately a monk pulled me aside and said, hey, 
can you do the scripture reading for um, Sunday Mass this morning? And I was like, I'm queer and trans. And, and it was a very formal Mass. Like, they wore long white robes. They were, you know, older monks. They were sprinkling holy water and frankincense. And they were, like, throughout the sanctuary. And they even carried this gigantic Bible that they asked me to read from above their heads in a parade around the sanctuary, right? And so I was like, are you serious? And, um, and he's like, yes. And I'm like, and I did remind him, like, again, I'm queer and trans. Like, are you sure you want me to do this? He's like, yes. So um, I went up to the pulpit in front of the whole congregation and read Ephesians 5, 25 through 33 about husbands loving their wives as Christ loves the church. <laughs> I know the irony is not lost to me that this queer trans man read this as part of mass. I, that, and like what Jeannie said earlier, God's got a sense of humor. And like, I, no, this is a true story. This actually happened. And I do want to f- focus on a certain verse that I read that's part of the passage. It says, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Nourish love, cherish yourself. Interesting. Don't hate yourself. Don't put yourself on the back burner for anyone. Love and value yourself and others like Christ loves and values the church. (laughs) So when I sat down, I heard God speak to me again. God was like, remember what Jesus did when he came of age at the start of his ministry? He read in the congregation, in the synagogue at the start of his ministry, Isaiah 61. As was his custom, this is from, uh, uh, I think, Matthew. Uh, as was his custom, oh, Luke, my bad. Uh, Luke 4, six, 16 through 17. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. What God spoke to me is like, this is a sign and a confirmation of what I spoke to you on Friday about you being my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. And I started crying. And it's exactly what God spoke to me. You've come of age. Spoken on Friday. And then this happened out of, you know, totally divinely orchestrated on Sunday saying, just like Jesus was shown to come of age by reading in the the synagogue, in the sanctuary, so did you just do. And I was just amazed. I just like, okay, God, I get it. You want me to be a leader and a voice. And Afterward, I went up to the monk and I said, why the heck did you choose me? And and he said, it was really strange. Another monk was supposed to find somebody, but nobody wanted to do the scripture reading. And then, which normally never happens. And then as the service was starting, they were deliberating. And that's when I walked right in, right? Like the hummingbird gave me the cue to go in, right? As they were like, who should read the scriptures? And I walked in, they're like, yes. And they actually discussed among themselves, we need a voice that isn't often heard in the liturgy. And I didn't even know what liturgy meant when they said that to me. So I I was like, okay, they chose me. And I told them with tears in my eyes, like I have been kicked out of at least three churches for being who I am. And now I'm in the one of the holiest services and places I've ever been. And now you've given me a place of leadership and honor. And I was given a voice, a place of belonging. And then he started, the monk started crying 
And he was like, this was meant to be. And I'm like, I know this is really crazy. I'm like, and I shouldn't even be here right now. Like I booked this place four days ago. And then he also told me, what? How did you get this place four days ago? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, somebody must have canceled because we are booked at least four weeks in advance. So he just kept saying, wow, God is like all over what is happening with you. So I was like, okay, I get it, God. You're not only just like saying, okay, you can be trans. Like God's like, yay, let's celebrate. You're trans. And like you belong as a trans man. So as we close, here are a couple ideas for practical next steps. Glennon Doyle said in her Queer Freedom podcast episode, Jesus walked the earth asking two questions. Who is religion forgetting and who is power oppressing? And gathered those people around him. He dined with them, took care of them, spoke for them, and protected them from their stone throwers. Back then, it was the prostitutes, lepers, and tax collectors. Um, So who are those people today? They're immigrants, queer and trans kids, BIPOC, women, indigenous folks, people with disabilities. So I'm going to ask you that this week, I want you to advocate, take a a practical step to advocate for someone you know who is forgotten and oppressed by the self-righteous and powerful, because that's what Jesus would do. That is exactly what Jesus would be doing right now on earth. And, And because we are made in his image, let's do this. And another practical idea, um, a practical step to take is to journal like I did around areas you would like clarity about. And here's a, a prompt for you as you journal. If you were on your deathbed today, what would be one regret you'd have in your life? Just like I did that Friday night, like just wrote down what I would like to see in my work, in my, in my uh, love life, in, in uh, my family. I encourage you to dream big and don't say, okay, well, God, what do you want? God's like giving you, I feel like with this message, giving you permission to say like, you're my kid. I want what you want and I'm going to support you in what you want. So right now we're going to actually have um, a discussion time. We're going to um, dig into what goals would you like to reach? You can journal more, you know, after this, during the, this coming week, but I would like for you to start getting your, you know, um, get your juices flowing about these topics. And then how would you like to get there? And I want to say God is truly with us and we are God's beloved children. And whatever it is you want to do, follow your heart, defend the marginalized so that when people look at us, they'll go, wow, they look like just like God. And that's, that's the point. So with that, we're going to do a quick this, uh, 10, 15 minute discussion. And then I'll close. Um, I'll come back up and close. Okay. Cool. Thanks. All right, Jeannie. Yeah. Thinking about when uh, in our discussion group, just like, I do believe there's something to uh, God putting a like roadmap in our hearts of where we already know we're supposed to go. And like, and when you are on that roadmap, like you feel this energy, you're energized. And it's just like this inherent knowing. I don't know if you read the book, The Alchemist, but there's just like this thing, like it's almost like um, taking us and it's already been there and it's what excites us. So I really would encourage you to listen to that. Um, 
I'll give you an example of something that that was really funny when I journaled about what energizes me is that I love stand-up. So I do stand-up and um, I actually am performing this Thursday at Port Bar in Oakland and you're all invited. Um, actually 12 folks from Oak Life are going to be there. So you're more than welcome to join us. Um, we have a couple tables, um, but that's the kind of thing. Like it was, you know, like I really felt like God got excited about it. And like my, my stand-up set is all about being trans and I feel like it's a, um, when you think about like humor is such a great way to get a message through. Um, and I think that's like, and God does have a great sense of humor. So I'm going to hopefully tap into that part of God. And last but not least, I would love to stay in touch with all of y'all. This is my Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. I have a website. I have a book that I wrote called The Spinous Porcupine. It's actually an allegory about my journey as a trans person. And it's about a porcupine born without any spines and how she has to learn to navigate the world where, you know, it's quite antagonistic towards who she is in a world full of porcupines. So yeah, with that, I'm gonna hand it back over. Thank you so much for having me.